Sedan and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Our buddy Ted mm-hmm. Gwynn from The Athletic does a phenomenal job covering the NFL, breaking down film for you. Follow him on Twitter at FB underscore. Uh, film analysis is where you find him. He's going to catch up with us here in a moment. We're just uh, trying to connect with him. But in the interim, LZ, we were talking about the Raiders stuff. And, uh, you know, look, Raider fans, I I just feel like, you know, we were all clowning John Gruden for a little while. That's where we should. But they're they're feisty. They are – they're not – they're not a pushover. Like, they're a a pretty good team. Like, I don't think that – I thought Ryan Clark said it best um, when we asked him about the Raiders. Laura, do you have that sound when I asked him about the Raiders? Let me hear what – let's hear what Ryan said earlier on the show. Man, you know, the, 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 the simple description of the Raiders would be this. The Raiders can beat everybody in the NFL, and everybody in the NFL but the Jets could probably beat them. <laughs> <laughs> so they're mediocre. Yeah, you know, they're kind of like in the middle. You know, when, yeah. when it's – you know, like I could, I could see the Raiders in a head-to-head matchup beating the Los Angeles Rams. You know, like they, they are that good, but also can see the Rams beating them. They just they, they go as their quarterback goes, uh, like which I think is, is most teams. When he's daring and when he's courageous and when he wants to go get it and when he uses his legs, man, you start to see some of that Derek Carr that we thought had an opportunity to win the MVP. And then when he does that, this young team gets going. They get fired up. They start moving the ball down the field, and they are hard as hell to stop. And then some weeks you watch them, and it's like, ah. They're not that good. You know, so it just it just all depends. They're a mediocre team. I think a slightly above 500 team could finish with nine wins, but you still don't want them to sneak in and have to play them. They're that type of team. That was Ryan Clark, of course, here of ESPN, joining us a little earlier in the show. Now our, our pal Ted Gwynn uh, joins us here now. Follow him. I've been telling you, look, this is I, – I love what he does on, on Twitter. I love what he does on The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, at FB underscore film analysis if you are a football junkie. Uh, I love what he, he puts out, as I mentioned, on social media and his work at The Athletic. And, of course, you need to support journalism. Subscribe to The Athletic, just like we tell you uh, when uh, you know LZ does something on the LA Times. Support journalism. Subscribe to these yes. uh, journalistic entities, and The Athletic is one of those. So, Ted, thank you so much for taking the time. I don't know if you caught what Ryan Clark was saying there about the Raiders, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on them because I, I don't think they're a joke anymore. Like, they were a punchline for a while, even in these first couple of years with Gruden. I don't feel that way anymore. What are you seeing from them that stands out? No, I agree. I think that they, you know, not – all of John Gruden's moves worked out, but I think this team is starting to kind of get molded in his image. Uh, they're a physical running team. Their offensive line, when healthy, is one of the best in the league, and we haven't seen them healthy this year, which is um, an- another re- reason to be optimistic about their 4-3 and three start. Uh, they've played the toughest schedule in the first seven games of the season uh, without the best part of their team healthy. They're, they haven't even seen Trent Brown uh, for more than a game this this, year, this season, uh, but Derek Carr is playing some good ball. He's using his legs more like Ryan Clark talked about. Uh, Henry Ruggs is, you know, he, he, he's not putting up huge numbers, but he is affecting the way uh, defenses line up against him. They have to put a safety over the top, and when he runs deep, he's taking attention away from the underneath guys. He's opening up space uh, for Waller. Uh, Josh Jacobs hasn't been extremely productive, but as I mentioned, 
uh, the offensive line hasn't been healthy, and they played some tough defenses. So I think uh, he's started to get it going against the Browns, and I think he's going to have a good game against the Chargers too. Uh, but that defense is uh, – it's hard to trust that defense. It's just one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, but I think that they're going to blitz more. Um, John Gruden kind of alluded to that last season. So they're going to take – I mean, last game. Uh, so they're going to take some more chances on defense, and we're going to see how that works out for them. Because if they even have just a below-average defense, not a terrible defense, I think the offense is going to be able to carry them to the playoffs. When you look at Derek Carr's overall performance, not just statistically, but what you see unfolding on the field, how close is he to the Derek Carr that was an MVP candidate not too long ago? Honestly, I think he's playing better than he, he did in 2016. I think... Um, and, and I, you know, I, I don't want to say this to uh, disparage him, but I think his 2016 was a little overrated because there, you know, there the Raiders got some good breaks during that season. Uh, he had two really good receivers in Amari Cooper and, and Michael Crabtree. But this year, uh, what he's doing with limited weapons and uh, his offensive line being banged up, uh, and, and he does a lot of run checks and audibles that people don't really uh, see or you don't see on a stat sheet as well. And Gruden's offense is a tough one to master. So he's orchestrating his offense well. Uh, he's making the right decisions. And he's taking more chances than he has been in the past. So I think he's playing at a very high level right now. Uh, Ted Gwynn joining us here. Of course, follow him on social media. Check out his work at The Athletic. Subscribe to The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at FB, film, at FB underscore film analysis. Excuse me. Um, all right, let's talk about the Rams here in L.A. or the two L.A. teams, but we'll start with the Rams We've had a lot of conversations on this show about Jared Goff, right? And, and I'm just curious to see what you're seeing with him because I almost feel like he's kind of hit a ceiling um, as far as what he's capable of doing. Am, am I being too harsh there? No, I agree. I think this is the best that uh, you'll see from Goff. I mean, he's, he's just not a creator. He could play within the offense. He throws with great anticipation. Um, he, You know, he... He's not a great deep ball thrower, uh, but he he's good for this offense. But he's just not going to break a bunch of tackles and you know go outside the pocket and make amazing throws off platform. Uh, that's just not his game. But I mean, he's shown that he's been productive. He got to a Super Bowl, uh, but he, he he's just not going to be one of those uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson type of type of throwers. I don't really need you on here making me feel bad about Jared Goff being my QB. <laughs> so let's switch positions and talk about our defense. Why is our defense so good? The Rams defense? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like what um, defensive coordinator Brandon Staley is doing. Um, he's, re- he's really installed this modern defense that, and he changes his defense from game to game. I, I think uh, Wade Phillips is a great defensive coordinator. Uh, but he, you know, he takes a more simplistic approach and he keeps things simple, and that's one of the reasons why his defense is good. They play fast. Uh, but what Brandon Staley does is he really tailors his game plans uh, from opponent to opponent, and he, you know, he thinks outside the box. Like not a lot of defensive coordinators would move Jalen Ramsey, uh, who's an All-Pro corner playing outside, inside. Uh, but that's what he's done, and and Ramsey's made a huge impact from the nickel position or what they call the star position. Um, in their system, he's closer to the box. He's making plays against the run. He's covering tight ends like George Kittle. Uh, he's blitzing. Uh, so I, I really like what Steely's doing. 
Yeah, and look, there was a big question mark there, right? Like, he's a first-time defensive coordinator. They've lost a lot of talent, right, over the last couple of years, and, and there was some unknowns there. Is there someone there? Look, we know Jalen is, is amazing, and we know Aaron Donald's amazing, and, and, you know, Brockers being able to, you know, the Baltimore thing falling through has been big for them. But, like, is there someone there besides those guys on defense? You're like, oh, wow, this guy stands out to me in a positive way. Yeah, I like uh, Darius Williams, the corner and uh, that they got from Baltimore. Uh, I think his play outside is allowing you know Jalen Ramsey to get moved moved around because if he was really struggling outside, they wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, I, I think I, I like inside linebacker Kenny Young. I, I think you know he, he's coming on, I, and he's kind of a really good fit for this specific type of system. Um, I'm curious to see how he develops as he gets more playing time. And Michael Floyd on outside, uh, Leonard Floyd on outside. Um, it, he's not a dominant edge rusher, uh, but he's good enough uh, to kind of you know he, his versatility really works in this system, and he could uh, rush the passer. Uh, you know, he, he's not an elite pass rusher, but he, he's a threat off the edge. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. When you look at the performances of some of our MVP favorites, Wilson, Brady, Rodgers, who on the outside looking in still has time in the second half of the season to get their names in there if not snatch the award? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, just because I had, you know, every time I think about the MVP race, I just think, man, Russell Wilson's probably going to um, run away with this thing just because his numbers are, are so ridiculous right now. But, um, you know, I've seen some people kind of mention Derek Carr as a potential uh, MVP candidate because... Wait, 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 wait. Say that again? Because we were literally just having that conversation. Go well, ahead, he, say he, it again. Really? He's, well, you said okay, some I, people, so I just assumed you meant us. No, he had no idea. He had no, no I idea. Hear, I have I not spoken to him about this, so go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, Derek Carr led the Raiders, who were extremely banged up. We talked about their offensive line being banged up, his receivers being banged up, uh, through the toughest uh, first seven games of the season at four and three. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, some talk about him potentially being an MVP candidate is, uh, is correct. And especially if he starts leading his team uh, to some, some wins in the next few weeks and getting this Raider team into a prime, you know, playoff position, you know, why not mention his, his name in, that, uh, in the race? That is interesting because that was actually something when we were discussing it earlier that I left out of the conversation, which was that they have had the toughest schedule to start this season. You know, I was talking about, um, you know, things about like his passer rating is better uh, than like uh, Brady and Breeze and that um, he's had a better completion percentage than like Mahomes and Rodgers. I mean, the individual statistical stuff, but that's true. I didn't even think about the schedule aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you just when you're just looking at the schedule before the season, I don't think a lot of people would have expected the Raiders to be four and three, but you know, here they are, and I think Derek Carr is, uh, has a lot to do with that. When you 
talk about Super Bowl favorites. Obviously, there's Kansas City. Clearly, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers undefeated. You got to talk about Seahawks. But in L.A., we're used to winning championships. Are the Rams like a pipe dream at 5-3? and Can we think maybe we can shoehorn them in that conversation and go 3-for-3 in the championship thing? Help a brother out. I mean, I think they're going to make the playoffs. That if you're, I don't, if I don't you're, like that tone. I don't <laughs> like that tone at all. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I told you, Mountaintop. You says, "Well, I think they can get to the park." <laughs> well, the thing is, they do have holes in their roster. I mean, I think they really need a deep threat. I mean, as you saw against Miami, Miami you was just playing cover zero and blitzing the heck out of them, and they just they didn't have a great answer against it, and they. They don't have that receiver that can just take the top off a of defense. Right. Cooper Cup is great. Robert Woods is great. They have a bunch of you know good tight ends that can do a bunch of things, uh, but they just don't have that deep that that, that can really punish uh, a defense for stacking the line. Uh, so I think that's one thing. And, and defensively, uh, you know, we talked about Brandon Staley doing a good job, but there there are holes. I mean, you know, outside of Jalen Ramsey and, and Aaron Donald, um, they're they're kind of a top heavy defense. So I think. They they could win it, you know, but a lot of things are going to have to swing their way. They're they're I wouldn't say they're a favorite, but I, I I they're one of my playoff teams. If I you know if you put a gun to my head and ask me who who the playoff teams are right now, they'd be be in it. And if you're in a dance, you have a chance. Uh, Ted Gwynn joining us here of the Athletic. Make sure you follow him on social media. He does fantastic work there, and of course in the Athletic. I mean his stories are great. Uh, he does a lot of breakdowns, a lot of hardcore X's and O's, all 22, that kind of stuff. If you're a football nut, this is your guy right here. Follow him on Twitter, at FB underscore film analysis. Um, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, what has impressed you the most about him? Well, his aggressiveness. I mean, I to be honest, I wasn't very high on him when he was coming out of Oregon. I just didn't see a very aggressive quarterback. Um you know, he didn't make a ton of plays when his team needed to. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of that had to do with his system. He was playing in Oregon, and he just didn't have a lot of talent. But, you know, he's really just exceeded all expectations coming in um, That in week two. Um, he's extremely poised. I mean, like that, that first game that he came in, he wasn't expected to be a starter. Um, Tyrod Taylor obviously had that unfortunate incident, and – he just came in, didn't look like you know he missed a beat, and you know he didn't get that many uh, starting reps during that week. Uh, so I'm really impressed with that, and his deep accuracy is, is amazing. I mean, when he's throwing deep and he's hitting guys, it's always in stride. Um, his ball placement is really good. And, and there's a difference between ball placement and accuracy. Ball placement is knowing where to put the ball in relation to where the defenders are and the route you're running. And, but, and sometimes to let a ball, the ball get away from him, but he knows where – he needs to put it, and that's a rare skill. Um, but, yeah, like I, he does let a few passes get away from him in a short game. Uh, but when he's throwing deep, he, he's extremely accurate. And, uh, you know, I'm really just blown away by his play, especially because I just wasn't very high in him coming out of Oregon. Describe the NFC East in one word. <laughs> <laughs> um, terrible. Yeah, I, that's it. You know, that- I, <laughs> I think – you know, there should be a rule in place where if you don't win at least seven games, you have to give up. You know, your 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 uh, your playoff spot. So, like, I like that. Cannot, I'm with you. We can't we can't let a six and ten team in the playoffs. Come on, you know, like 
I think that should be a rule a rule proposal for next year. Yeah, I'm with you. I like that. The NFC West, though, as we know, is is unbelievably competitive. Um, and even you know, obviously, the Niners are dealing with a rash of injuries, so their days are pretty much numbered in this division for this particular season. But the Cardinals have played very well. Uh, obviously, the Seahawks are tremendous, um, but both seem to have some holes, right? Like, or at least questions, right? The Cardinals, when you look at them, uh, what is something that you say to yourself? that's troublesome for them. And on the flip side, um, what do you see that potentially could be troublesome for the Seahawks, even as good as Russell Wilson and that offensive group is? Well, with, with the Cardinals, we expected their offense to look a lot better than it has, just because they made so much progress uh, last season with Cliff Kingsbury coming in and Kyler Murray getting drafted. Uh, we thought it was going to be a given that they were going to take the next step with DeAndre Hopkins and just, uh, be one of the top offenses in the league. And they, they've been good, but they've been inconsistent. What's surprising is how well their defense has played. Um, their defense is one of the, the top most efficient defenses in the league when you look at DV, DVOA numbers. Um, so, you know, just their offensive consistency. I think they have some trouble blocking for Kyler Murray, and Murray's been able to uh, kind of negate that with his scrambling ability, ability to buy time and uh, get rushing yards. Um, so, yeah, I think in big games, you're going to have to p- protect Kyler Murray a lot better than they have. Um, and the Seahawks, uh, I'm just so glad that, you know, they decided to let Russ cook and decided that they weren't going to, you know, keep banging, running the ball on second and long and doing all those things. And, um, they're doing well and their defense, uh, is, is obviously very sus- suspect. Uh, but I think with the return of Jamal Adams, um, who's coming back from injury this week, and the addition of Carlos Dunlap, they'll, I think they'll be just good enough to be a Super Bowl contender. Um, you know, they've just been playing so bad without Jamal Adams, but I think they could get to a level where it's like, okay, they'll, they'll you know, get some, some timely sacks or get a timely turnover when they need it. Ted Gwynn, follow him on Twitter. FB underscore film analysis and of course subscribe to The Athletic you can see all his great work there and just all the X's and O's and just the intricate stuff that he does there. Do you have anything you want to promote uh, that's up right now on The Athletic that uh, you want people to check out? Uh, well, you know if you really like some nerdy X's and O stuff, I, I wrote that, I uh, wrote articles breaking down what exactly are uh, RPOs. We hear about it all the time. Uh, so I broke down exactly what they are and talked about the quarterback reads there. So uh, check that article out on Athletic if you like. All right, man. Yeah, Thank we you. We don't so- do RPOs with the Rams. We don't. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, do we don't yeah, well, because Jared Goff can't move. He he moves worse than uh, you know than, than you and me these days. Well, we, I'll speak we, for myself. We do the P's. We don't do the R's and the O's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Ted Gwynn at FB underscore Film Analysis. Find his work there on Twitter and of course at the Athletic. Hey, man, a pleasure having you on. Hopefully, we'll do it again soon. Thanks again. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. You got Thank it. You. Take care. All right. Um. Man, golf has been getting trashed this show. I know. I, I mean, mean, it's gentle well, you, trashed. You weren't here for the two days before that. It wasn't much better. Well, I mean, he looked horrible against Miami. So he looked like he he looked like he was the guy making his first start. Yeah, I mean, it was not like Tua was much better, but I mean, I know, but they didn't ask him to do very much because they just asked him to hand the ball off when they were up twenty-eight seven or whatever the hell it was because <laughs> golf was coughing it up every Sweet second. Jesus, I mean, good lord. Yeah. Um, all right, LZ. Well, you and I, speaking of quarterbacks, you remember Sam mm-hmm. Darnold? 
Where do I know that name from? Yeah, you know, USC. We were talking about USC earlier. Oh, well, yeah, he, yeah. He, he's back in the news, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. So stick around. We're going to be back in four minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Sedano and LZ with you here. Final segment of the show. Thanks to Ted Gwynn of The Athletic for joining us there. Again, follow him on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis if you're a football dork. Uh, I'm going to teach him how to be a Rams homer. Yeah, no, that's not his job. He's there to break down the 22. The film don't lie, LZ. Yes, it does. I'm going to take you to the Supreme Court. The the eye in the sky don't lie. Uh, That's that's the reality of it. We got Um, flaws. We got flaws. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay, but I think a lot of teams have flaws, right? I would even say, was it, is it fair to say that the NFC, which has clearly been the dominant conference the last several years, is just a little less dominant this season? Hello? Okay, LZ, are you there? Oh, I, I, I thought you. I thought I got lost. Yeah, oh, did LZ? Did we lose LZ? It sounds like we may have, but oh, you know, okay. Just, I, I thought like I may have dropped or something. <laughs> I thought I dropped. It's happened to me before, where yeah. I where yeah. I didn't hear anybody. I was going to disconnect and connect again. We're having this conversation <laughs> in real time, man. LZ, I was like, I was like, I, I'm hoping he's saying something really profound. If I am not on the air, and then I'm glad Laura did what she did. I was we- like, I'm here. Go, Greg, go. <laughs> <laughs> because the last, this happened, remember, George, this happened when we were doing the 10 to 12 show yeah. and I was I was texting you guys like, where'd you guys go? Go to break. And, and you're like, don't do that on the air. So yeah. <laughs> I just stayed back hoping yeah. that it was just... Yeah. Me- well, well, we'll get LZ in a second. But Greg, before <laughs> LZ uh, answers that question, um, how do you feel about this Derek Carr love all of a sudden? <laughs> I mean, look, I love it because I, you know what, we, if you got to admit, I had this for you just a couple days ago. I went through and was looking at, I think it was last week, actually, going through all the numbers. Derek Carr's numbers are all top 10 and a lot of times top five in most of the categories that you look across the board. QBR, passer rating, um, uh, interception rate, um, like the yards per yards per pass. All those things are really, really good. And he just, he does not turn over the ball. And we've seen it all this year. Has just been very good taking care of the ball. And he's, if you want to call him a game manager, that's fine. They're, they're winning. And now they got easy. Uh, the schedule is much, much easier the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't think they're winning the division. You know what I'm no. saying? But, no, no, they're not. But, but I do think that they're, they're feisty. You know what I mean? It's like Mina and I were talking about this yesterday, right, uh, with Scott. And, and they're feisty. Like, they're not a joke. Like, 
you got to admit, the last, the first year, it was kind of a joke. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, dude, they're not good. And then last year, it's like, you know, they're a little better. You know, they're a little better. Now, this year, it's like, they're they're pretty good. You know, I, I think that they have made incremental um, increases in how, in, in their production, right? And like, what they, they have made incremental increases in their quality of play. Yeah, no, they absolutely have. We had this conversation before the season where we were talking about, you know, the, who's the better team between the Raiders and the Chargers. And my thing was always that it's a battle of the trenches. And the offensive line for the Raiders is really, really good. And Ten Wid said the exact same thing. It's one of the best in all of football. And the defensive line has actually been pretty good too. Max Crosby is a very underrated defensive end. So you're all of the, the little things, you can see what John Gruden is doing. He's building and Josh Jacobs is about to break out. Oh, I, I think he's good, right? He hasn't had a great season per se this year, like not as good as he did last year. But I think a lot of that is the offensive line, you know? Yeah, the offensive line been like like Ted. Was I mean, saying, the whole I'm, damn thing had COVID for a second, <laughs> right? Yeah, everybody did. Darren Waller, that's a great tight end, by the way. And when when you talk about good tight ends in the league, Darren Waller is right there at the top with a lot of the other guys. So, I mean, I would take Darren Waller over Higby or Gerald Everett, and that's not, I don't think that's going out on a limb by any means. Yeah. By the way, this young gentleman, uh, Garrett Nak. Nakagawa. <laughs> I've been seeing all of these tweets. Dude, he <laughs> has been sending us um he has been sending us all these taco uh pictures and food pictures. And now he sent us a uh, place called Firebird, I guess also in Gardena cuz he's been telling us all these places are in Gardena. Um he says, not a taco place, but this place used to be a taco spot. And this chicken sandwich looks delicious. Firebird. I got to look this up just because I need to find out where this is. This looks amazing. Yeah, no, it looks really good. And like the tacos, the tacos. I've, Laura Laura needs to look at these tacos because we need to know what you think. I think you're tagged in these, aren't you, Laura? What? Yeah. I, I haven't. No, you're not. I'm not. People Firebird is in Gardena. Yeah, Firebird <laughs> is in Gardena, 157.17 Crenshaw. Uh, closes at 7 o'clock, opens at 1130 in the morning. I'm going to check I'm gonna that out. I'm gonna take some pictures for you, Laura. You need to tell Please. us what you think of these. Yeah, yeah, send me send me the pictures because I want receipts. I just keep <laughs> hearing about it. You guys keep talking about these amazing tacos, and I'm like, uh, I don't see any of this on my feed. <laughs> uh, so Laura, who do we have on hold? We have Juan in Azusa. Juan in Azusa, what up? Sedano, what's good, man? LZ, I think he's off the line, but everybody at the studio, how y'all doing, man? Happy Wednesday. Thank you, brother. Happy Wednesday to you, too. I've been on hold for a bit, but I just want to touch base and say that the uh, the Chris Paul perk drop, that uh, the little rumor perk dropped on us is kind of some good news, man. If Rondo's leaving, I mean, I'll see you later, Bon Voyage, but Chris Paul would be a welcome addition to the Lakers. That guy can ball, man. Oh, man. Yeah, listen. All of a sudden, the star power would be incredible. Now, you would probably be relying upon, um, you know, Having to re-sign a lot of guys, it'd be, be like a veteran a and veteran, a veteran uh, minimums type guys, and that and and the mid-level exemption, right? Yeah, definitely. And then uh, just to touch base on the tacos, I see you guys talking about tacos. My buddy has just developed an app. It's called Taco Maps. You can check it out on no uh, way the Play Store or on uh, iTunes Apple Store. Wait, I gotta and check this like, out. Right he now. puts on there the taqueros and all the little taco spots with pictures and reviews and. It's like a like a Yelp, but specifically for tacos, and it works with the taqueros. And it's what? called Taco Shop. No, Taco Maps. Taco oh, Taco Maps. Maps. My bad. My bad. My bad. Store. 
Hold on. Let me I'm see. doing this. Oh, I like it. I'm downloading it right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It's got Check 48 it out, reviews and it's all five stars. I, I'm downloading it's it right now to my phone. Check it's it out, not like man. it, it doesn't have like tacos. It doesn't have like Russian bots or anything, right? Like attached to it. Nothing, nothing like that, that man. It's, oh, okay. it's all home base. He, he developed it at his crib <laughs> and now he's just trying to get it out there word of mouth. And I was like, let me see if I can plug it up for instance. You guys were talking about the tacos and yo, Dodgers is a championship city, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you just gave us a championship uh, app right here because I'm all in on this. Thank you, brother. Appreciate no it. You guys have a good one, man. Thank you. Shout out uh, to Ralph, my boy that developed it. Yeah, shout out, Ralph. Hold on. What do we got here? Um, redo search in my area. It's work. It's, it's, let me see. All right. Yeah, I like it. It's still, it, it feels like it's, uh, you know. What was it called? Taco app? Taco, Taco maps. Taco, Taco maps. maps. Oh, you got to like create a login. You got to create a login. I'm going to do that. Probably not during the show. Yeah, probably, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll do it later. Uh, hey, about this Chris Paul thing, like, do you you don't doesn't Chris Paul need the ball in his hands? And so does LeBron. Yeah, and, but he played with James Harden. Who who has the ball more well, in his hands than James Harden? <laughs> no, it's true, but that doesn't mean that he enjoyed all of that either. They, they had a huge issue between the two of those. That's why he got shipped out. Right, but it's different because LeBron's like his boy. You know what I'm saying? And then and LeBron actually LeBron flourishes. When he's got another guy to take the ball out of his hands a little bit, which is why when Rondo was playing um, and playing well, particularly during the playoffs, it made Bron even better. And I, I think that if you look at Bron's career, right? And again, I'm not comparing Rondo to these guys, but he had Kyrie, he had Dwayne Wade, hell, even Mo Williams, you know, would take the ball out of his hands for a while and just let Bron play off the ball and just not have to have that responsibility all the time. I think that's actually a good thing. Yeah, I mean, like you saw it with Rondo doing that in the in the uh, finals. But for the most part, I think most of the time, like, he's trying to get you know twelve, fifteen assists. He's not trying to be the guy jamming into the middle of the paint every single night and every single play. He wants to be able to just pass off. I just don't think that fits with Chris. Oh, Paul I disagree. I, I, Chris Paul likes. What are you? No way, man. Chris Paul likes to work the mid range. Chris Paul can shoot threes. Um, Chris Paul is great in the fast break. Like, no, man. Like, Chris Paul is still amazing. Did you watch any Oklahoma City games? No, I, I do. Th- I do think that he's still amazing. But I think that he also needs. To, he's amazing when he has the ball in his hands too. And I think that's more where LeBron wants to be at this stage of his career. He doesn't want to. He wants to be. No, I, I don't think LeBron wants to have to play point guard the entire game at all. I don't. I don't think that at all. Actually, I think he likes to have the ball in his hands um, when he feels like he needs to make a play but if he's going to have a guy like Chris Paul uh, he's not going to have to fe- he's not going to have that need where you know that to feel that way you know what i'm saying like i yeah I, I don't like he gave rondo the ball like whenever lebron and rondo were in the game together lebron was rarely on the ball yeah i just, it just there's and something by the just way, seems chris off paul about is all way of it. Be- chris paul is way better than rondo Yo, no, I'm not trying to compare Chris Paul. No, but Rondo that's my any, point. If he step. was willing to do that for Rondo, why wouldn't he do that for Chris Paul? Yeah, man, I'm just I'm sitting there thinking. I'm just looking at it like he's 37 years old. He or about to be 37 years. So old. So's LeBron. He's 36. No, so he's gonna right. be 36 so, so, we're, so we're gonna rely on two guys in their late 30s at this point. I mean, I guess you still got LeBron. You still got AD. Yeah. Adding another old head let me, in there. Let me just, let me ask you a question, Greg. Let me, yeah. Can you name me? A lot of championship teams that had a lot of young guys on it. Well, it doesn't have to have a lot of young guys. It just the, the, no, but the core of, of the guys. team. How many championship teams that their core were were guys who were young? 
I mean, at the time, the San Antonio Spurs, they started off, they were, when they started those, that, those no, no, no. three were young. No, not re- not really. They, they always 20. had a, they always had a veteran guy. Think about it. The first two they had yeah, the David. Core. You talked about the core. You said about the car. The core though. The core was yeah, Duncan, the, Parker, and Ginobili. And they, I mean, those, their they were first like two their championships were with David Robinson still playing huge minutes. Sure, but then the core became later on where they were all in their twenties. Right. Like they ended up moving. No, forward no, no, in their no, 30s. no, 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 no. Not even. Not even. I mean, think about it. Ginobili. Ginobili was there for all of those. Okay. <laughs> um, Parker was the one that came later at nineteen years old, but by then all those guys had been veterans at that point. By the time they won two thousand three, they had already won. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, uh, so it's like, yeah, I, I no, I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't think we're, I don't think we're arguing the same thing here. I'm not trying to argue that we need to get, be young. I'm not looking to be like, a no, no, team. I know, I know but all team. those, like, think about it. Like when they won the 2003 championship, and David Robinson was the old guy at that point. Okay, the first one they won um, in '99, they, uh, you know, Tim Duncan was young, but Robinson was still a beast at that point. You know, and right. then. And then, Good and job. they had a, a bunch of veteran guys on that roster. Avery Johnson, right? All, all those guys. But then Ginobili comes yeah. in, and Parker comes in, and you know they were younger. But Timmy had been in the league for a couple of years, four years at that point, or five years actually at that point. And then Robinson was the old guy, so they never had like, um, you know, a bunch of young. And their whole roster of role players, Stephen Jackson. Wasn't old, but he wasn't young. Like he'd been in the league for five or six years. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I disagree with that. I mean, I get what you're saying. Maybe because you're you're thinking of Parker because he was 19, but right, the rest of those started, guys, yeah. like, like, think about it. Mano Ginobili had already played overseas for a number of years. Right, but he was still. The, the, I guess the point is that the, those guys, when it was Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, and they were the core without David Robinson, those guys were 20s. All of them were in their twenties, and then they grew together. That's that was the core. This one is not. LeBron is obviously he's going to be thirty six, and Anthony Davis is going to be twenty seven. I mean, there's. I understand having guys in their thirties like Danny Green and you know whoever else happens to be there. The young, the youngest guy on this team is is that's an actual player is Kyle Kuzman. He's like twenty four. So I'm not looking for youth. I'm just looking for not guys in their thirties, late late thirties to add on to LeBron. Yeah, I mean, that 2003 team, David Robinson was 37 years old. Um, you know, he was a role player that year. But, you know, it's, he wasn't young. You know, I mean, clearly he's old and they were they were there. I mean, the rest of that, Duncan was 26. Remember, Duncan played four years in college, man. Like, like that Duncan yeah. wasn't, Duncan's not, wasn't young uh, when they won the second title. I mean, let's, he was let's just look at Chris Paul. Chris Paul, would you call Chris Paul healthy for most of his career? I would say Chris Paul at 37 is better than David Robinson at 37. Uh, probably, but I mean, like last, not counting this last year, 58 games the year before, 58 games the year before that, 61 the year before that. Like he's on the downside. He's not getting better. He's not going to. I mean, I get it at let, the third let me, guy. Let me maybe. let me explain something to you. You have LeBron James on your roster. Okay, uh, as long as you have LeBron and AD, it's fine. There, there, there is a very small window here, okay, of like three or four years tops, for you to win championships, and you do whatever it takes to win those championships. Um, that's just me. All right, we're done here. Uh, thanks to Greg. 
Thanks to Laura. Thanks to all the callers. Thanks to LZ, even though we lost him for the last segment. Uh, and Ryan Clark, Ted Gwynn, and, uh, and Kendrick Perkins. Follow them all on social media. We will talk to you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. We're going to be giving away a car. Chances to give away a car. We love you. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. See you.